the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Looking for strategies to help you protect your portfolio in these uncertain times? Visit RobBlack.com. RobBlack.com. Powered by EP Wealth. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking to all things financial money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. I always try to bring something to the table for you to say, let's get through this together. It's one of the nice things about talking finances. I think there is a strategy to be had by learning from one another. Yesterday, the NASDAQ was a little bit lower. The SP 500, a little bit lower. The Dow Jones Industrial Average, a little bit lower. What's interesting about that is nothing. But everything was a little bit lower after we saw consumer price inflation. Cooler than expected, though not cool enough to dampen expectations of another rate hike. Snapping a four-day winning streak after notes from the Fed Reserve meeting showed officials fear a recession is coming. The Fed said, we fear a recession is coming. We know we're doing this. The inflation number was kind of what we wanted. Apparently not enough. Will today bring a different result? Alibaba shares were a big loser yesterday after China's efforts to crack down on AI chatbots fell even further after hours when a federal uh, financial times reported that SoftBank has sold off most of its stake inside the company. There's two really big things in there. Alibaba obviously is the Amazon of China. Very similar type of models. China wants to crack down on AI chatbots a couple months ago when Microsoft said, look at our cool thing that we have, AI chatbot 3.5. Then a couple weeks after that, 4 came out. And it is a really, really cool tool. I'm planning an event on four portfolio reviews. Uh, no company that I've ever run across has ever done portfolio reviews for individuals. I'm planning an event like that. I, I had chatbot run through commercial copy for me. Basically, I wrote in 10 ideas like Marin, Sunny Afternoon, Meet and Greet, Portfolio Reviews, Retirement Report Card, and I have something coming up. It's going to be interesting because it's going to be an event where I don't tell you where it is until I've learned a little bit more about your portfolio. Ooh. NPR got into it yesterday with Twitter and they're leaving Twitter. Twitter slapped a statement media tag on NPR's account last week, a state affiliate media and NPR objected. NPR receives less than 1% of its $300 million annual budget from federally funded grants. Twitter changed the tag to government funded media. Elon Musk just can't get over some of his hmm, beliefs that, I don't know, he's going after NPR for getting federal government subsidies, and yet 
Tesla gets federal government subsidies. It seems very odd. Again, he just I, it, for me, I won't invest in anything near him. He's too controversial for me. I know <clears throat> you're saying you missed out on Tesla. Um, I have, but I'm still okay with where I am. Yesterday, Jewel agreed to pay 462 million over its marketing. It's the largest settlement yet. Jewel agreed to shell out the cash to resolve claims by New York, California, and four other states. Jewel has so far coughed up nearly three billion total to end similar claims from 47 states and territories, plus thousands of individual and local governments. Do you remember that teen vaping push? I'm, I'm sure it's still there, but we certainly don't hear about it much anymore, do we? Warner Brothers Discovery confirmed it's combining HBO Max and Discovery Plus into one mega streamer called Max. The company also announced some of what the new service will offer, including a Harry Potter series, a new Game of Thrones prequel, and DC Comics content. So they're losing the name HBO, which for years, it did a wonderful job of saying, you know, you're going to pay a little bit more than regular TV, but it's be premium content. So HBO's going away. They're taking the name away. A lot of controversy on that. Interesting note or side effects, right? Have you heard baseball has a pitch clock now? And you can now buy beer into the eighth inning because the games are shorter. Major League Baseball teams cut off alcohol sales in the seventh inning, partly so that people had more time to sober up before driving home after game. But with the sport changing faster, then Cracker Jacks. Um, certain teams are saying, look, we, get, we make a lot of money on beer and we need a little bit. That pitch clock is moving too fast. It's interesting to know. I talked to my spouse. I said, you know, if we go to a baseball game, you got to be careful when you go to the bathroom now because you may be gone for two whole innings. The game is sped up that much. It's just t- talking it through, right? Donald Trump is suing his ex-attorney Michael Cohen for $500 million claiming breach of contract. Prince Harry is going to attend his father's coronation next month, but Meghan Markle is going to stay in California with their children. Um, I'm kind of sure that if you're looking between the headlines, that's kind of odd. That's kind of an odd one, but it's going to be a big story a month from now. It's kind of how Wall Street kind of works. We start thinking about what's going to happen in the future. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about money, investing, and more. The March PPI brings another comforting inflation data point today. Yesterday, we got what we wanted in the March Consumer Price Index, a report that was not worse than feared. In fact, total CPI was weaker than expected, while core CPI, which excludes food and energy, came in as expected. Today, we're going to be talking about the producer price index, and tomorrow, it's going to be all about retail sales. To me, it's about how all three hit the consumer. Consumer obviously has a wallet, which is funded by their job. We have jobs. But does our wages keep up inflation? Do our wages keep up with inflation of the cost that we consume, the CPI, the consumer price index? And down the road, if the PPI is marching higher, will the middlemen who produce things in the world pass on the cost that they're seeing in inflation for the goods to create 
to us for the consumers to consume. So the PPI came in, it declined one half one percent month over month, following up an upwardly revised zero percent reading from February. On a year-over-year basis, the index of final demand was up about 2.7% versus 4.9%. Producers are seeing disinflation. That's the bottom line. That's the thing you have to take home here. There's decline in energy prices. The stickiness of core CPI in March has offset some of the excitement about the improvement in the PPI data in March. Elsewhere, we get the weekly jobless, initial jobless claims. Uh, which showed that the initial claims of the week ending April 8th increased by 11,000 to 239,000. Any number under 350 shows an economy that's expanding. So the key takeaway on the first-time unemployment claims is it reflects some softening in the labor market, but not any clear-cut weakness. When you start seeing corporations chunk off 350,000 or more per week, because we have people who come to this country to get jobs. We have um, babies who are born who eventually turn 18 and get jobs. We always have jobs being created. So any number over 350,000 in first-time unemployment claims shows you, Ooh, we're losing faster than we're gaining. So we should be set up for a better day today because the producer price index is falling. The CPI index yesterday was cool, although that wasn't enough for us to say what the Fed's done. But add in the PPI number and the fact that we still have a lot of jobs, we continue to say, is there going to be a recession or not? There's not going to be a recession until we see a lot of job layoffs. So when will we see job layoffs? This earnings season. That's right. So in the next month, we're going to start seeing companies report earnings. We're going to keep a close eye on it because all the pieces of the puzzle are pretty obvious at this point in time. Maybe we should be looking for what we don't see that's obvious. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, more. Don't want to work forever? Check out the Retirement Planning Guide on robblack.com. That's robblack.com, powered by EP Wealth. I'm putting together an event that you have to come to. If you have 500K or more, it's going to be... Uh, Kind of a meet and greet, very, very social, not very, very financial presentation. But it's going to be a good event. I'm really excited by it. I'm going to, you know, literally buy my listeners a drink. It sounds like we haven't figured out all the details, but it's going to be for people with 500,000 or more who want to kind of learn where they're standing. I can't tell you how many people I get emails from that A, have enough and didn't know it, or B, are way behind and didn't know it. And it's upsetting. Got an email recently. I'm 49 years old. I have nothing saved for retirement. Now, I don't usually find those. I usually find people with like 100,000 at 49. And I'm like, ooh, you're not saving enough. Or maybe they have a couple million, including real estate. I'm like, ooh, you're saving plenty. But don't forget your real estate's going to become a liability when you retire. So I, I'm going to give a snapshot portfolio review with the CFP and a free 30-minute Zoom consultation. Um, you'll learn more about that in the coming days. But a 49-year-old who has nothing saved for retirement, what do you recommend? Well, change your ideas. You're probably not going to retire in your lifetime. And that's okay. You can work till 60, 62, 65, 70. You can take your Social Security later and get more. 
you can start looking at cheaper places to live in retirement or right now. You can start looking at second jobs take on weekends when you're 49 years old. Try to find something you want to do. Maybe uh, it's as simple as working at a Home Depot as a, a greeter. Maybe it's delivering food. You're not doomed if you're 49 with nothing, but you are way behind. You want to pay off your debts. Probably number one, take a look at what you owe. And if you have things that you're spending a lot of money on, i.e. like credit cards where you may be getting movie tickets, but you're not paying them off every month and you're paying 20% more to get your same movie tickets because you didn't pay it off. A lot of people don't look at their debts. A lot of people look at credit card debt as, ah, I have it. I just make the minimum balance. That's not a good way to live. It's not a good way to save. It's not a good way to invest. I don't want to be cocky and say that's something you should have figured out when you're 18, but it's something you should have figured out when you're 18. Any debt over 6% you need to pay down right now. And I know you're saying, does that mean my mortgage? I would prepay my mortgage when it's above 6%. When it's below 6%, I don't prepay my mortgage. I feel that I can do better than 6%. And when I take a look at my mortgage and I see numbers like 2.65, I'm like, I'm never prepaying that. When you're 49 years old and you have nothing, you want to look at your budget. You want to look at your expenses. You want to look at your debt and target anything above 6%. But you also want to see if your employer offers a 401k. Sometimes your employer is a little sheepish about telling you if they have a SEP 401k or a SEP IRA that you can get. Um, it's not sometimes your boss is just a boss. Maybe he's a construction guy who's awesome. Maybe you're an accountant for a dental office and you didn't know, you know, that you'd be part of the healthcare plan or the 401k plan. So if you're employed, look at your HR, talk to them, see if they have anything in writing, like some of the perks that they offer you. I'm all about the perks. Um, I saw one company that I gave a speech for a couple of years ago that gave a perk of $6,000 if you adopted a child. Now, again, I didn't want to adopt a child. I wanted one from my own DNA because that's how cocky and arrogant I am, right? I want to see a little mini me, even though there are millions of children who want to be adopted and I would be a great father. I, But some people do adopt. And if you don't get that benefit and it's available to you, shame on you. Like... It's sitting right there for you. Anyway, check with your corporation that you work with and see if there's any retirement vehicles that you're not taking advantage of. Any sort of perks that you're not taking advantage of. Uh, a company that I work with has offered uh, annual membership to TED Talks. No, 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 not TED Talks, Masterclass. And it's pretty darn cool. It's a pretty cool employee perk. Uh, it keeps me more than entertained probably cuts down on maybe one video game a year where I don't buy something and do it mindlessly. I'm actually doing something with my mind in a masterclass. Pretty cool perk. Pretty cool gift for uh, employees and friends. That's another thing. If you're 49 years old and you haven't saved anything for retirement, stop doing things like birthday gifts for other people. I know, I know you're saying, man, you're cold hearted, but you're going to need to build up a little bit of a nest egg. It's not going to be a big one at this point. And you're going to work longer than you want to. But I would look at that as a positive, not as a negative. I have some general ideas of what I want to do in retirement. But most importantly, I, what I know what I don't want to do is I don't want to stop moving. I don't want to stop socializing. I don't want to sit in front of a TV and just grow old. 
And if you're behind and you haven't started saving for retirement, make friends with someone like me. Make friends with someone who's ahead and who can, you know, act as a financial coach or advisor or second opinion. Um, who's not going to freak you out. I've got a list of 20 things that you need to do to basically live a financial life. And it, it ranges from start with a budget, write down your goals. Those are two of the 20 things. It probably ends with what is automotive insurance, homeowners or renters insurance. What do you need? Those are four now that I've, I've thrown down. This isn't really super complicated. Have, a, have an online bank to automate your debt. For those of you who are still paying for things with checks and stamps, I'm like, why are you spending an extra, what is it for a letter these days, 50 cents, 55 cents? When I'm doing it all electronically. I know you're saying you're talking about saving 55 cents over, uh-huh. A lot of my savings, a bit, obviously a big chunk of my 401k. Um, and then some of it has been windfall and then some of it has been, you know, extra money that I've set aside, but a lot of it's been little things. Um, acorns is a wonderful app to get started. Everyone should have acorns. In my opinion, it's relatively cheap and three bucks a month. You can ultimately have a scenario where you start with nothing and you start taking your debit or your credit card roundups. Keep in mind, I don't like debit cards. And you start investing them. And you can say, if you paid for a McDonald's lunch today and it was $7.43, you're probably not going to tip at McDonald's. So your your Acorns account, your app, will take that $7.43 and it'll say, okay, let's just make that eight. One minute. And we'll invest that 57 cents for you. Trust me, if you're 49 years old and you have nothing, that's the most basic advice I can give you. But it's also, it's proper. It's it's getting moving. It's understanding that you are going to have to work later. It's understanding that you shouldn't have debt over 6%. It's understanding that, you know, if there's a, any perk at your job, you can try to exploit it with a 401k or any sort of member benefits. It's, it's starting to do the little things. And if anyone wants a list of the 20 things you should start doing to be financially, you know, great to live your best financial life drop me an email rob at rob black show it's rob at rob black show.com i'm rob black talking all things financial money investing and more find me online at rob black show.com you are listening to the rob black show podcast for more information on ep wealth visit rob black.com that's rob black.com so one of the stories i've alluded to kind of teaches you a little bit. In fact, two of them teaches you what I don't do. And this goes within life too, but not always perfect. Talked about SoftBank selling its stake in Alibaba. And I talked about how Alibaba is in trouble with China right now because they're kind of the Amazon of China. And they are working with, with chatbots and AI intelligence that China really has to be very careful on as a government. They don't want their people to have a lot of opinions that differ from the government's. Now, again, I'm probably brainwashed. I believe what I see on the BBC kind of stuff. Okay. Um, I get you're like, oh, no, it's not China who's brainwashed. It's you. Like, I, I, I totally get where you're. Someone's going to differ with me on this one. But if SoftBank is selling, that tells me that. Uh, it's time to cash out. 
someone with money is saying, you know, let's ring the cash register. I'm not crazy about China intervening with their corporations when they become successful or China intervening when they don't like the political messaging coming out or potential messaging. So I don't mess with China. I own zero investments directly in China. Many, many, many years ago when I was a young man doing this, probably I'd have said like, this is my fifth year of radio. I'm so good. Um, probably 20 years ago, there was a bicycle company out of China that made the made the rounds of media. And everyone fell for the story. China's growing up. China's got the Olympics coming. They'll have more cities with a million people. They'll have 25 cities with a million plus people. The United States only has eight. And uh, you're like, whoa. Oh, boy, that's a good story. And I use that voice to kind of tell you that I used to be a little bit more high pitch before life wore me down and destroyed my vocal cords. Um, I used to be a little bit more optimistic like Mickey Mouse. If I teach you anything today, there's another story where Tesla CEO is going after another group. In this case, it's NPR. Twitter has the ability to help journalists enormously distribute their stories. It's one of the reasons I used Twitter in the last 20 years. Um, if I woke up, let's say hungover, or if I woke up from a long vacation where the, or the babies cried all night long, I could go to Twitter on my left hand, scroll through uh, the Financial Times, scroll through the Wall Street Journal, scroll through Barron's, see what they published that day and go, oh, I just looked at four sources in two minutes. And now with NPR having a situation with Elon Musk, where he wants to call them state sponsored or whatever, government funded. NPR is not my thing. It's not. I'm not a NPR fan. If, if you were to say, which one would you go with? I'd like to go with the Financial Times as far as sources. Uh, I like to go with Bloomberg. I'm not going to NPR. It's like, oh, that's my first source of information. But getting to a fight with Twitter makes no sense for Elon Musk and it doesn't make sense for NPR. They kind of help each other. So I won't really invest with Elon Musk. He's just too controversial right now. If it was Elon Musk, the... the Tesla CEO, I'm in. But when it's Elon Musk, the Twitter CEO, I'm out. Too controversial. Uh, now, let me give you a third story. My first wife. There was a weekend, uh, it was a Christmas weekend, where I was supposed to take her to the airport when she was my fiance. And her and I were fighting, and I was like, you know, Rob, you rushed into this. She's beautiful. She's lovely. But you guys don't see eye to eye on things. You know, like there's there's too much I mean, like there's things that you, there was warning signs. And I told her on the way to the airport, I said, I, I think we're done and I don't want to do this anymore. Um, I'm sorry. And uh, she started crying and, you know, she missed her flight and we talked it through and we agreed to stick it out. And uh, then she got on her flight and the marriage ultimately it happens. And it lasted under a year. And the reason I didn't want to marry her was she, she wasn't working for me. It was too dramatic. Um, she wasn't my best friend. 
And I went ahead and I pushed through anyway, and she did too. And we both regretted it. We didn't need to do this. And my opinion, and I, you know, I'm not knocking her when I say this, this is a very, very loose tie in to China and Alibaba and Twitter and Elon Musk is I try to avoid dramatic. I try to avoid crazy. You can call it whatever you want to call it. But when you're looking at your portfolio and going, oh, my gosh, no, thank you. Didn't see that one coming. Ah, last thing in the world that I need. Stocks are climbing today as economic data eases rate jitters. U.S. jobless claim applications highest in more than a year. Delta CEO on an earnings miss. Um, they feel that they were pleased. The quarter went well. The summer is looking expensive for consumers on flights, which means good things for airlines. Again, I don't play airlines too dramatic for me. I know you're saying, really? Um, I'm going to take the Warren Buffett excuse and go, they, they move the prices up too high, too low. A big loser that Warren Buffett had in his life was investing in TWA Airlines. And he swore him off after that. Now, ultimately, he might have got back in through preferreds or through debt instruments, things that you and I don't get easy access to. But I'm not crazy about the airline business. I only have so many opportunities to invest, and I don't have to have an airline to have an airline. And not even when a good story comes through. Like, ooh, look at this. Uh, Virgin America. It's The flights are cool. They have in-seat entertainment that we've never seen before. You can order from the the screen in front of you. Pretty cool. But it, it wasn't an investment. Not in my opinion. I stay away from airlines. I go, okay, let's find something in transports. Transports are important. Do I like trains? I do like trains. But I like them for income because we don't have flying trains. But we do have trains. And there's how many train companies are there in the United States? And yet everything that's in our house, our roads and the buildings probably came on a train from a port to that location. Now, from the train, it goes to trucks. I like trucks and I like trains. Again, is there a lot of technology there? There's a lot of efficiency from technology, but there's not a lot of floating cars yet to disrupt that industry. So I like them for income. I do not necessarily like transports for growth. Picking up what I'm putting down. So Delta's out there today with that kind of news that um, recent quarter, not great due to storms, but the summer looks good. And that's the way Wall Street kind of works. It looks to the future. Stocks are rising. Um, on more reports of cooling inflation. If I'm not guessing here, but if we're to review the last year and a half, the Fed has raised interest rates a lot. They're probably closer to being done raising interest rates where we have a demon known. Wall Street likes demons known versus demon unknowns. Amazon is jumping into generative AI race with new cloud service and its own large language models. Let me take a look. Andrew Jassy wrote his second shareholder letter. And he starts off saying, you know, the last year wasn't the year I expected. This year should be better. And I'm like, okay. Stock's moving up 1.5% today on the news that they're getting into generative AI. Uh, that doesn't feel very like that doesn't feel like much, does it? It really doesn't. So Wall Street's saying, eh, 
let's wait on this one. So a new cloud service is going to have its own large language models. Amazon said Pegasystems, Deloitte, and Accenture are amongst the companies looking forward to using Bedrock. Bedrock can let clients use language models from Amazon and startups AI21 and Anthropopic, as well as Stability AI's model for tuning and turning text into messages. So they have something in AI. Not enough to move the stock today. I do expect Amazon, as it is broken right now, it's dysfunctional. I do expect expect them to be large enough to regroup, fire some people, and figure out a way forward. Is it going to be instant gratification? No. It hasn't been the best bit of 52 weeks on Amazon. Would I take the last 10 years? Yes. Would I take the last five years? Yes. Would I just take last year's performance on Amazon and judge? No. Sometimes a pause refreshes. I don't want to get too cliche, but um, I like Amazon going forward at this point. Consult a broker advisor for taking action on any stocks ever mentioned on the show. Ether is rising above 2000 after the Shanghai upgrade, bringing year to date gains to more than 65%. Price of Ether jumped above 2000 for the first time in eight months after investors put uncertainty surrounding the long awaited Shanghai upgrade behind them. Ethereum. Investors were optimistic, but cautious in the weeks leading up to Shanghai, also in the Shapella. Um, again, I'm not against digital currencies. I don't own any. If I did, it would stay within the world of Bitcoin and Ethereum. I don't want any other coins. I don't want anything else. I don't want any tokens. I don't want nothing. Um, but I don't need it, and I want to cut down on drama in my life, so I have avoided up to this point, I'll let you know that changes. 30. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black. Thanks for listening to the show. And we'll talk soon. For more information about EP Wealth, visit robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.